that there it is. I thought I lost my sound for a second. I was like, my goodness. I started yelling <laughs> at the microphone and the microphone was not in my ears and I was wigged out. And then I realized, oh, I undid my mic. What's up, you two? Welcome to another episode of Thirsty Smurfing Thursday. You know what it is? You know what it is. The season is winding down. Winter has crept in. It's getting cold in most places. Bermuda is dormant in most areas. The world <laughs> is coming to an end. We're all going to die. Um, and uh, I, I'm just kidding. The winter blues are here. And uh, you know, don't don't forget to to stay moving over winter. Uh, for God's sake, get out, get some sunshine when it's up for like the six hours that it shines. Go sit in the sun. Uh, go go do what you have to do to to feel better. Get through the winter blues because it is it is a tough time of year for a lot of people. Don't let it get you down. Uh, and turn on turn on the grass factor and listen to uh, myself and Ray Ito, who's alongside Ray. <laughs> we we are going we are going to ichnay. We're going to cut out uh, the bedside manner today, and we we're just we're going to throw. Heaping handfuls of shit and just see what sticks where. How about them apples? Oh, I love that. I'm in. <laughs> I, knew, I knew I would get zero resistance from you on that. Uh, <laughs> but legitimately, with the season, with the season winding down, you know, uh, and 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 trust me, you were you were you were in good company. Um, there's nothing like spending eight hours a day outside in the sun. And then all of a sudden, you know, it feels like the sun's only up for six hours. It, it wrecks your circadian rhythm. All kinds of things get all wonky. It's not good for you, right? Make sure, make sure you take, uh, you take plenty of, uh, vitamin D if you're, if you're deficient in vitamin D and, uh, and just stay active for God's sake, man, stay active, moving, keep moving, keep moving. Do not, get still and complacent and apathetic because that will rot your fucking brain between now and uh February 15th when it's when it's time to come out of hibernation. Gee man, when, I mean that's even that's even salient advice for me because I actually I literally take advantage uh, of the time between December through May. I take advantage of that time. You know I think I think that is a great time uh, to separate the the wheat from the chaff. I keep going back to that today, but to 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 separate the coffee from the chaff is uh, is you know in in winter to catch up on those things and do the things that you keep saying that you're going to do right. Um, and I'm and this is even in my own business. <laughs> I mean, we compile a list of shit that. We were like, damn it, this winter we need to do this. And now, right now, in fact, we, we have our, our board meeting coming up in a few weeks here, and I can't wait to sit down and go through the logs of last year. Uh, and and I, I see it <laughs> sitting at the corner of my desk. I don't even want to open it right now uh, and, and look, at, look at my successes and failures over, over the last 12 months. But, um, but you know, it, do those things. It makes a world of difference. Whether you know, for me, that's like dust control, right? Uh, that is resealing and, and making sure I have airtight air connections at all my junction points. Uh, it's replacing bearings. 
um, all the, all the fun little things, you know, welding holes that, that, uh, that, that occur in, in, at wear points, mm -hmm. get your machines running in top shape, uh, get them, get them winterized, rebuild your pumps, put new diaphragms in, you know, rebuild your pistons on your piston pumps, whatever it is you have to do. Uh, mm -hmm. replace the hose that you've, you started with 400 foot of hose and now you're down to like 210 bite the bullet and go get a new hose, quit putting couplings in there. And then they pop off every three weeks and you, and you, you end up losing 10 or 15 gallons in the middle of the road or while you're rolling up your hose reel or in someone's backyard. I know I've done it too. Uh, just bite the bullet, get a new hose, put it on. Uh, you put a swivel, put a swivel connection on the back ear on the back ear spray gun. Do not, do not, do not use a, uh, you know, a, um, you know, something, something that can rotate, right? As you're, as you're, you're handling your spray gun or wand of choice. Replace, replace the swivel on the hose reel that leaks and is driving you nuts, and you just watch it leak every day, thinking to myself. I can't wait for winter to get here to replace that. And then you don't turn it on all winter and you forgot, oh shit, in spring. Ha! In spring, you you turn it on and you're like, I meant to fucking replace that damn swivel at my hose reel. And I never did it. I gotta <laughs> say, I've never run the kind of hose that gets kinks, Looney. Um, I've I've always done, you know, like the the yellow. Uh, multi-layered blue ribbon hose, by the way, if anybody is looking for a three eighth inch hose, blue ribbon hose. Um, I use, I use this green hose, Matt, that is, uh, rated for 800 PSI. That sounds like a good one. And, uh, the blue ribbon hose is only rated for 300 PSI. So, uh, well, wait, no, I, I'm running, I'm, I'm running up Sorry to 550. PSI. Yeah. I'm running up to mm -hmm. 550. So I, I like the, uh, the added assurance and that, Green 800 PSI hose is, uh, as far as I know, non-kinking and pretty tough, as long as you yeah, the, uh, treat it nicely. <laughs> yeah, the one the one I use is uh, is is not uh, it it doesn't kink either. So I've I've always I've always liked it. I like three eighth inch hose. Toting around a half inch hose is heavy. You know, it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't need. A half inch hose because I have that regulator right before my trigger, so oh, I can yeah. be sending yeah, yeah. I can be sending five hundred through the hose, and I then just turn the dial and I'm down to my forty psi or whatever I need. Yeah, see, being able to adjust it there instead of having to go back to the truck and uh, and and do all that then that can be that can be life saving. Maybe putting a regulator uh, in between your hose and your gun is your here's is the problem. Here's project. No, here's your, here's the problem with that, Matt. And you know what the average operator is going to say, and I'm going to slap their head when they say that. It's heavy. <laughs> it's kind of like the people who have to pull out the uh, the drill. Instead of instead of picking up and shaking their their backpack, Ray's backpack is heavier than all of our backpacks. I'll give him a pass. <laughs> yeah, it is, then... it is over a hundred pounds. It's not always fun to be to be picking up and toting, but if you have a backpack that weighs less than a hundred pounds, 
you're not picking it up and shaking <laughs> it, and you don't have a big gas-powered motor on it, I'm sorry. You, you and I do not share the same bottle of bourbon. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Well, Matt, I made it so that I never have to shake that some bitch. I just put in uh, high-pressure return jet agitation. I just turned the valve, and a minute later, that fucker's mixed. Solve that problem quick. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, too. How about you do that this, this winter? There's you another winter project. Uh, maybe Get your equipment upgraded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, start charting out. Use, use chat GPT or auto GPT and start charting out a marketing program for 2024. Right. If you if you are in the grow mode, you want to grow, you want to bring on new business and you keep saying every year I'm going to do this and you don't do it. Here's a hint. Here's a big hint. Easy peasy. Chat GPT will do it for you now. It's insane what it'll do for you. Thank you, OpenAI. Uh, if you don't know, there's there's a little additions and add ons you can use with chat GPT four. I think it's like 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. <laughs> It's worth its weight, worth its weight in gold. That's, that's how you know. And if you, if you don't know how to use it, there are literally millions of resources out there that will teach you how to use it. It's, it's limitless at this point. Meaning there are no excuses. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, I could go on and on, but please, for the love of God, stay busy this winter. Do, do something. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot them into the chat. I'm going to read one that was emailed us. Uh, actually, I'm not going to do that on air. We'll, I'll, I'll send out a group email. Um, I, uh, I do not. <laughs> I do not. Uh, it, 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 I feel like that's sensitive enough. So we, can, we can do it in public. Here's the other thing, too. Hey, Den, 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 Dean Vinson, a little uh, emphasis on the wrong syllable there. Uh, if you if you would like to come on the show, by all means, we would we would have you on as well too. We would love to have you. Um, earlier this year, he had Senior Lawn on for a Thirsty Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the what is the name of his business again? Oh yeah, out of uh, out of Columbia, Tennessee. Um, that is Mister Lawn Dot Care. Mister Lawn Dot Care, out of the good old Columbia. Interestingly, uh, a lot of glyphosate production used to take place in Columbia, Tennessee. In fact, there's a main drag there called Monsanto Way. runs right through mm. the heart of the town. Um, there, right. there is your, your Columbia, Tennessee history du jour. <laughs> Thank you, Senior Lauren. Um, Ray, have you, what, what do you have left on the remainder of 2023 for your work schedule? Okay, let's see. I've got a few fungicide applications to make. I have a couple of exterior applications to make. And then I'm in basically keep the turf uh, alive until me again. Uh, and then, so it's, it sounds like you don't have just an overwhelming amount of shit left to do. That's right. And on top of that, in keeping with what you say, I literally take 
the last week of the year to go through uh, equipment, make sure everything's uh, in working order. Uh, the mower is probably going to get a new reel and bed knife at that time. Uh, oh, oh. Sprayers get overhauled and oh, oh. checked through. Yep, it is that time for sure. Um, on the on the manufacturing side, this is where we do a lot of uh, a lot of R and D small scale trials, right? Um, mm -hmm. So we've got we've had people in and out of town. Uh, a lot of wheeling and dealing and uh, sourcing raw materials. Uh, we have people parking stuff at our warehouse for short amounts of time. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to have two tractor trailer loads of uh, granulated poultry manure show up at my plant until they get sold. If anybody wants pallets of poultry manure uh, that's granulated, um, as part of your EOP program or whatever, let me know and I can put you in contact with the people who are housing that at my warehouse. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, ne negotiating a lot of contracts for next year too. That's that's always, it's, it's never fun, right? Like there are moments in contract negotiations where it gets weird, right? Where you're looking at the other person in the aisle on Zoom you're trying to get a read on them and you can't read them because it's on zoom or they just step out of the camera and you know, they stepped out of the camera because it's an uncomfortable moment. And you're like, fuck, damn it. I'm like, well, here we go. I'm going to swing this bat real hard and hope I get contact. I hope I contact something. Um, uh, so there's there's that uh, a lot of maintenance. Uh, my business partner is having a procedure done at the end of the year too. Um, we have uh, uh, yeah yeah you know it's it's kind of busy. We got we got a couple couple questions coming here. Ray, Hawaii has claimed victory over fire ants. That sounds like a strong statement. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. They are not even close to victory because they will not do what needs to be done. <laughs> so they are in a perpetual L land. If I may borrow our friend, the uh, driver's favorite thing to say. Uh, I, by the way, at Thanksgiving, I got to go hang out with Gardner earth guy. We had a great time. Our kids got to run around together. We sat on the beach, uh, told mm -hmm. war stories, talked about life, death, anything and everything in between. We had a great time. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, he is, he is, he sounds like a Northern Californian, but he does not, you would never know he's from North California. How about that? It's hilarious. It was funny. Uh, but he definitely has the, the Nor, the NorCal, the NorCal accent. It's funny. Uh, but we right. did, we had a great right. time and the kids, boy, the kids were really jammed up in the ocean. They, they looked like, uh, dolphins out there. It was, it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Mark says, I'm shocked that Ray doesn't sound completely satisfied with Hawaiian government. Oh yeah. Ray is always satisfied with everything. <laughs> yeah. You see, uh, leave it to the government to screw something up, Mark, <laughs> leave it to them. I mean, if they can get it wrong, they will. <laughs> Uh, Adam said, why would I want a skid sprayer instead of something like a permagreen? Uh, how are you going to fill up your permagreen? 
Because if you think you're going to go out with 10 gallons in a permagreen and do everything that you need to do, uh, buddy, you're not going to make a lot of money. So a 100-gallon skid sprayer is going to open you up to do other things too. And if I were you, I would have uh, like two skid sprayers, at least have two 100-gallon skid sprayers. That way you can do things like vegetation control. You can carry it with just water. You can carry it with your permagreen solution and pump into your permagreen. Um, you can have a dedicated unit for just trees and shrubs, which is a great. Okay, look, there's when it, when we talk about scaling a business, right? You can you can you can scale your business in two ways. You can scale by increasing the number of customers that your business manages, right? So that could be putting more trucks on the road, uh, increasing route density. All these things are scaling your business. Another way that you can scale your business is maximizing revenue per customer, right? So, um, you know, say that you have a, a, a customer with a lawn account and you get $1,000 a year. <laughs> uh, you get $1,000 a year um, to, to manage uh, that lawn, right? Well, they also have extensive trees and shrubs. What if you could turn that $1,000 a year client into a $2,000 a year client? It's only going to take you 10 additional minutes. There's no drive time to and from the property. In addition to what you're already there for, you are scaling your business by maximizing your revenue per oh, yeah. property, revenue per customer, right? That is a very profitable way to scale your business because of the uh, the overhead costs that are associated with it, right? And I'm and I'm not just saying cost of goods. I'm saying operating expenses like car insurance, fuel, repair, all that go into the travel aspect. The travel from property to property is your biggest money and time suck that you have. Imagine if you had a route that was within three square miles, right? You could get that done. Really, 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 really quickly. Really quickly. You could do $1,200, a day and be done by 2 o'clock. I mean, that was the route you wanted at True Green, right? I mean, you could just get in there, smoke it all, and be in and out, be home at 2 o'clock, kick your feet up, do whatever you want to do, beat the kids. You never know. Um, or you could, you could cover 30 square miles with, with a route. And your average time between, and so you do 20 properties on that day, and your average time between properties is 18 minutes. That would be 360 minutes, right, of, of on 20 properties, 360 minutes. Now, if I did the math, 360 divided by 60, would that be six? Is that six? That is six. That is six, six hours, hours of drive six time hours just on between the properties that you're mm -hmm. not making money. That nope. is difficult to scale, right? So you need both maximizing revenue per customer and route density, right? You need to start splitting those routes up into three square mile increments. And make sure that you have the customer number, Hell customer yeah. saturation in order to be able to do that. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, uh, you are going to spend money driving for six hours a day. And then put it into perspective this way, right? As a business owner, what is your time worth per hour? What, what, what do you think you should be paid per hour? Is it $50 an hour? I'm not going to argue with you about that. Is $100 an hour? I'm not going to argue with it about that. $200 an hour? 
I'm not going to argue with you about that. You decide what you feel like your value is. I will say this. When I was in corporate lawn care, my average revenue per hour of work was $200. That's where I was. So that's where I value my time is $200 an hour. Okay. So if you spend six hours driving times 200, that means you need to make at least $1,200 in that six hours. Well, you've still got to treat 20 properties. So you got to think about this time on those properties. <laughs> Say it takes 12 minutes per property. Okay. 12 times 20 is going to be another 240 minutes. It's another four hours. That's a 10 hour day. 10 hour day times $200 an hour. That means in those 20 properties, you would have to make $2,000. So can you do a $100 property in 12 minutes? <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a 5,000 square foot lawn, may we get up into a 10,000 square foot lawn, probably, part of the year at least. How many people are getting $100 for a 10,000 square foot lawn? Not many. How many people are getting $100 for a 5,000 square foot lawn? Very, very, very few. So you're not making yeah. the money that you value out of yourself. Okay. But you know where you could make $200 an hour spending 12 minutes on a lawn? Making $2,000 a day? would be if you also did trees and shrubs. So all of a sudden that $50, 5,000 square foot yard becomes a hundred dollar, 5,000 square foot lawn in a tree and shrub app. Now you've got a hundred dollars. It took you 12 minutes or less and you can move on to the next one. And in your 10 hour day, you can make two grand. You made your $200 an hour. Another way to scale. Okay, I, ha I have another angle to hit this at. Sure economy of materials Matt, and what i'm saying is that yep. i'm listening to what you're saying and do you know how i maximize all of the expensive chemicals i have on my truck you know how i maximize how, all that how's that i only formulate what i actually need therefore if somebody doesn't need that super duper fungicide nematicide mix from hell, I'm not committed to an entire hundred gallon batch of it. I'm not. Likewise, say somebody needs uh, miticides on their shrubs, I'm not committed to a hundred gallon batch of that. However, if somebody's going to do that, uh, they kind of need to put their big boy pants on because that means mixing smaller batches using maybe a you know some smaller equipment and getting it done and that is like the main reason Matt why I love that 7 gallon engine drive backpack because I'm not committed to a 50 or a hundred gallon mix ever. Yep. That's another, <laughs> that's another way, another way to do it. <clears throat> um, 
The other thing too is that as you as you increase your acreage, you also have buying power, right? And with buying power, there's a lot of flexibility in how you do this. Okay, so there's a there's a couple things. If you utilize credit, maybe you use a credit card that offers great cashback rewards, whether it's two percent, four percent, whatever the case may be, you get cash in return for it. Um, perhaps you use a credit card. And you take advantage of the travel points and that's, that's how you do vacation every year. Okay. That's another way. Um, maybe you pay cash and a lot of distributors will offer a cash discount for you doing that. And the other thing too, is that if you are getting up into the truckload of fertilizer per round, you can get really negotiable with what you end up paying, right? Or at least get additional services, or maybe what they can't discount on that, they can make up for it on something else. Okay. So other things to keep in mind that what comes with scale, right, is, uh, is, is also purchase power. If you manage your money correctly. And what that doesn't mean is that you send out your prepays in February, you go to Atlantic city or Las Vegas or Tunica, (laughs) Mississippi, and you try to double it on black, always been on black, by the way, Mark, Mark, the mutt knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Funny. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's, that is, that is not the way to do that. Right. Or, you know, your prepays in and you know what, I'm taking the boys out and we are going big on the town for the next month. That's not going to (laughs) work. Right. So, you know, keep your shit together, allocate it wisely, like you're supposed to, you know, pay yourself that $200 an hour or whatever, whatever money you need to be at. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you pr- on revenue wise, you generate, uh, you generate a, a 2000, uh, $2,000 a day. Okay. But you pay yourself out of that $50 an hour. Right. So now on a 10 hour day, you pay yourself $500 a day. On a five-day work week, you pay you pay yourself twenty five hundred dollars a week. Not bad. And of course, you got taxes and everything else. And by the by, the time you end up giving half your paycheck to Social Security and insurance, uh, unemployment insurance, and uh, business insurance, and all the other shit uh, that you you ha- you have to maintain, um, you know your quarterlies and all that all that bullshit, you know, your, your, your $2,500 paycheck comes home is $1,400 and you're, and you're happy with it. Right. So maybe, maybe, maybe you have to pay yourself more than that. I don't know. I, I guess that, that varies state to state. Now, if I was bringing them 2,500, it'd be a little bit, a little bit more than 1,400. No, not terrible. It's terrible. I'm not going to lie. It's terrible. It's fucking disgusting. As a matter of fact. Um, anyway, um, I mean, isn't that crazy? You bring home $2,500 a week, a thousand of it, you could pretty much just kiss goodbye. It's fucking insane. That's the other thing. Woody865 is a great point. Or making the decision to reinvest in your business. In my opinion, you should be allocating a certain amount of your revenue per month, per week, per day, however you have to do it to remain steadfast to your schedule allocate a certain amount of money in a separate account. You can put it in a separate business account and it is purely to reinvest into your business and you can categorize it, right? 
categorize it. Oh God. What I, let me ask I, Johnny Fescue. It, it gives me such anxiety. I don't even know. I can ask JB and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see is it disgusts me. That will send me into the, into the, our atmosphere beyond the atmosphere. As a matter of fact, well above the atmosphere. Um, but uh, uh, put that money to the side and, you know, whether it's you need to add another sprayer, maybe it's you need to add another truck, you need to add another tech and you want to have a $20,000 buffer for training, right? Put that fucking money to the fucking side in a separate account and be wise about it, right? It's not there for an emergency. It is there for you to take your business from a $500,000 business to a $1 million business. Do you, and, and look, this, this, okay. I'll put it this way. Six years ago, seven years ago, when, when, when I'm, when I'm still spraying every day for a living, I call it the quarter of a million dollar hole, right? Any lawn care company can, can quickly grow to $250,000 in revenue may take you three years, four years, somewhere in there. If you're in a mid-market, mid-sized market, you can get to $250,000 in revenue. In revenue, that's not your take-home pay. Let me make that clear. In revenue per year. That, that is no problem. That's perfect for one person to manage. Still feel like their head is cut off of the body of a chicken the majority of the time. Your business runs you more than you run your business. but you're okay with it because at least you, you've got, you're, you're making money. Okay. You're, you're not, you're not up at night freaking the fuck out, but it's when you go from 250,000 to 500,000, that's the next hole. That's the next hurdle. It's the next hole you crawl into and it's the next hurdle you have to jump over. Right? So you're literally jumping. You've crested the hillside of $250,000. And then you have to jump again into another hole. That is the $500,000 in revenue hole, right? And then you start working your way up that one. And then you repeat it at a million dollars. And at some point, the pain of that path to a million dollars in revenue becomes so great that you get better at avoiding how deep you go into the hole to make your next push, right? And you start leveraging purchase power. You start leveraging uh, uh, employees. You start leveraging uh, better office staff. You start leveraging software to to more potential. Um, uh, you start leveraging your time on the business, not in the business. Okay, all these things that you learned over the years, you kind of you kind of start to put together, like opening another business account that is you're going to put if you're bringing in a million dollars in revenue. You're going to put a minimum of 150000 in that account flat, period, for the end of the year to add another truck or two trucks and a tech and two techs or two trucks and three sprayers, whatever it is, however you need to do that. But you're going to put 100000 150000 on a million dollars of revenue in another account and just leave it. Don't touch it. Maybe you need to buy a building to run your business out of. You're going to put 300000 into into another one and you're going to do that for a few years and then you're going to buy your five acre lot on a brownfield and build 
you know, a $150,000, you know, or $300,000, uh, uh, a 20,000 square foot lean to, maybe you want a nice ass warehouse that's going to cost you a half million dollars, you know, however you want to do it. Maybe you do a steel bar and dough like my parents did, whatever you decide to erect, it doesn't matter. Allocate that money for X number of years to do it. It's a goal you're working towards. It's not, oh shit, I signed a contract uh, and I got a PO here that is so big. You know, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to start renting shit in order, in order to make this work. That's fine for like a one week bridge. But what if you need a six month bridge? It's where it starts getting complicated. You're going to rent it for six months. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, you can make it work on paper until you're doing the repairs and everything else. Mm-hmm. I've been there, man. I've been there. There's nothing worse than budgeting a job where you think you need a bobcat rented for three weeks. And then eight weeks later, it's still on the job site. And you're thinking to yourself, like, why am I so fucking stupid? I did it again. I did it again. It frustrates me. It frustrates me because I've made all these mistakes. That's 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 why I'm saying that, right? I don't I don't want to make this sound like you're stupid. I'm not. I'll tell you right now, hundred percent. I am. I have made more boneheaded decisions in my 37 years of life than the overwhelming majority of people do in 80 years of life. It is it is nothing short of a miracle that I'm here and breathing right now. I mean that. Absolutely, man. You probably I do a whole whole episode on that. Yeah, because uh, for me, I tell people, if I say to do something, it is because I've done it and it worked. <laughs> you know, yep. clean and simple. <laughs> and likewise, when I tell people, uh, I wouldn't, it's because I've seen it go catastrophically sideways on me. <laughs> you know, uh, here, here's the other thing, too, is that I think... Um, and it depends on how you came up in this industry is the majority of the time you come up in this industry, people teach you to be afraid of the bank, right? It's like you hide from the bank. Let me tell you, if you put your money into a bank, you can, you can do it two ways. You can do it blindly and just hope they don't ever look at you or acknowledge you or whatever the case may be. Or you can make the bank work for you. That's why they're there. It is difficult to get your mind around, but all the banks have small business services that you can sit down and they will teach you the things that you may be lacking in. They can put you in contact with accountants. I saw, I saw David Clawson was talking about things to put money into, right? A CPA is worth the money. If you're not spending, you know, fucking, I oh God, I don't even know. I don't even know what we pay our CPA. Five grand a year, something like that. You know, granted, we're doing we're 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 not doing small numbers out of our business anymore. And I'll say this though: what's fun, what's fun right now with our business is that over thirty percent of our profits go into account for scaling our business right now. Over thirty percent. Hell yeah! 
it's tough because I would like to make a little bit more money and not sweat all the time with having two kids in fucking private school and still being on tuition assistance to help me pay for private school. Still worry about money a lot. And you hate it because you look at your scaling account and you're like, man, there's a lot of money in there. I, w- I would like to pay myself 10, 15, $20,000 more a year and be just a little bit more comfortable just to keep up with inflation. But it's going to slow my ability to say yes to jobs that I want. And it is a tough thing to learn. But I learned it the hard way because when we lost everything in Kentucky and we had to, to restart over and we had to drive every day to another part of Kentucky to save enough money working a second job to be able to move to Tennessee, I learned sometimes you just have to suck it up, asshole, and it'll all work out for the better. It's what got me to where I am here, right? So where before, we had to put 100% in, then it went to 50%, and now it's at 30%. And I feel pretty good about that, right? But you have to be disciplined. And honestly, that's why I have to have a business partner, right? And I think we both rely on each other in that regard. Uh, Johnny Fescue, my current business is I, I own a granulation business. I do contract white label toll manufacturing. And as of last year, we were able to get by primarily the whole year without making hardly any fertilizer. When the Middle East kicked off uh, with the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel. I don't know what happened, but I had three years of what I normally get in calls for projects condensed down into about three weeks. And um, it is it is insane the amount of of business that we are we are actively negotiating right now. It's crazy. Uh, to the point that uh, we have been burning the candle at, uh, at both ends. We f- just finished engineering a new plant, um, and, uh, and we, we are desperately stuffing money to, uh, to move even closer to Tennessee. We, we're trying to decide if we want to operate all out of one separated building that would be about an acre under roof or uh do we keep uh a, a, a buy location i haven't decided but we'll that's that's for us to figure out um but uh yeah here i can i can show you a picture of uh of things that are that are so today was a big r&d experiment right we had we had someone approach us and uh, and so can't tell you what's what's in it because it was uh uh this is uh, for someone else right so they come to us with an idea focus you fuck maybe maybe if i touch this button it'll focus there we go um they come to us with an idea uh we will help develop that idea and uh and then we will produce it up to a certain size and if it's uh, a, a a product we like with good margins um, these are three different versions of three different products. Um, then, then we will, we will scale, uh, output for that customer, or we will even design and, and help build their own, their own plant. So, uh, all, all a bunch of fun stuff, you know, I did, I did today. It was all, 
uh, all R&D stuff. So I do during the winter. That's what I'm doing a lot of. Right. Um, I will say that in 2024, yeah, I will not tell you what products I'm a part of. That is for sure. Um, but there, it will be no less than probably five products, probably five in the market that uh, between everyone on YouTube, uh, I, w- I will say either in this chat and if not there, plus the Discord, uh, everyone in here will have tried at least one of them over the next calendar year. Um, and I, I will be quiet about it. It is what it is. And, uh, and I, I hope you enjoy them to varying degrees because it feels good knowing that I put those together. The trick of it now and where I really get off on things is, um, uh, the methodology of granulating is a dying art slash science, right? The pioneers in this space are old as shit, and they're and they're they're selling their business, or a lot of them, a lot of them are just retiring, right? And uh, and uh, and the and the ones that do sell, they sell to someone that is so hyper specialized in what they do, they do not give a shit about R and D, right? Um, they have their thing they're good at, whether it's animal feed, what whatever it is that they are incredibly good at, and they do not veer out of their lane. And so there's a hole for people that want to launch a new product. They have a product idea. They've, they've got enough money to tease it out through research, have it produced to a certain amount, whether, whether it's a, a tractor trailer load um, to, uh, to put it into, uh, uh, start selling it, put it into the market. Maybe, maybe it's like three or four tons that they want to put into field trials or in, in lab analysis, lab reports, greenhouses, whatever the case may be. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so that, that is what I do day in and day out. I will say that this year, probably just due to the way things are going, excess material that I make for other people um, will, will probably make its way into the market in a little more public space. Like right, right now, I don't think it's any secret. I manufacture all of the lawn, lawn care, uh, lawn, lawn care supply company, uh, products for, for Ryan Knorr. I don't, I don't do the, um, uh, oh, what's, what's the, uh, uh, lawn solutions. I don't do any of those products, by the way, they came and hang out with us at the GIE and they, uh, at, uh, at dirty deeds 23 some of the kindest people and I have, I have stayed in contact with them and I, I absolutely adore, um, uh, uh, Mark and Brittany who we hung out with. I mean, Mark is smart as a whip. Brittany is sharp as a tack and, uh, and they are, they are good people. I fucking am so happy to have met them. It feels really good, uh, to have, to have gotten to know them. Um, and then, and so anyway, uh, you know, of course, we we will probably expand a little bit of what of what Nor does this year, just because we are going to be working with with fertilizer more than we have. Um, so English says, do you source the ingredients of a granular, uh, or is that on the client? Typically, we help source the majority of ingredients, but because we are a toll manufacturer, the client, if they choose to own the IP they will carry the cash burden of the IP, right? So, um, for example, 
um, you know, you you choose that you want uh, you want biochar and blood meal in a granular, and you want you want ninety percent blood meal, ten percent biochar. So it would work out to like a ten zero zero super organic, uh, fun, you know, kind of high fuckery uh, 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 organic fertilizer, right? Uh, pretty pretty quick release, pretty efficient overall product. I could source you the the blood meal and I could source you the biochar. However, you would buy them and send them to us. And then you would pay us to conduct a trial to, to show what the granule looks like. Then we'd send you the product and you would say, okay, I like, and, and you know, say you send us, you know, 2000 pounds or whatever, that you'll probably get it in like three different cuts, right? Like a large size, a medium size, and a small size, like particle size distribution. And we'll probably do some different moisture variances on that too right uh, the drier we take it uh the uh, the less efficient it is right because you're driving off so much moisture so if you can in- increase moisture content to like seven percent uh seven percent of a ton you know you're you're talking about an additional 140 pounds of extra fertilizer you're getting at it seven percent moisture so there's a balance there right but you can't have it react with other things you can't have it mold in the bag so there's there's a little bit of that, right? And we either either we can test that or you can test it. It doesn't matter. But by doing it that way, if you carry the cash burden, you own the IP. If you wish us to carry the cash burden, meaning we buy the the raw ingredients, then we will retain the IP and we can manufacture that product for anyone else. So we get into a position where we you 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 uh, sign a contract to us. And say, all right, we need a hundred tons, five tractor trailer loads of of product A. All right, we go and buy it. Uh, we get one tractor trailer load out, and you're like, I ran out of money. I can't, I can't take the other four. Okay, well, we can't sit on that cash burden for eight years, fifteen years, or or six months uh, uh, until until you come back again and say, all right, I'm ready to take orders. Right. So, so if it's 30 days, yeah, chances are we're, we're probably going to be all right. We're not going to be happy about it. We're going to be calling you all the time. But uh, if it's going to be like three months, four months, what we will do is we'll go ahead and granulate it and then we'll sell it to someone else. So that way we don't have to sit on the cash um, because cash is king and cash flow is what is the only thing that matters in business. There's no faster way to go out of business than to uh, tie all your cash up in, in inventory. Right. And then get it can it can really be tied up quick. Uh, Johnny, I sold uh, Subvert. I still help some with them. Like when they have uh, ag projects come up, and we got to do bulk shit. Like we, we're about to start an eight thousand gallon bulk deal of the uh, of the four hundred four that we're we're going to be batching out in uh, in bulk. But um, that that is about the extent of it. I I am I do it all. <laughs> I contract manufacturer for them now is the, is the way that works. <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a fun thing. That way I don't have to carry the cash burden anymore. If you notice, everything is about maximizing my, my, uh, 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 cash tied up. Unless she says uh, any of the new fertilizers, do I need to dry in the driveway like carbon X? No. And the reason why not, I'll go ahead. I'll give a little secret right now. This is a secret. And uh, yeah, Leshy, it is. I can I can help you with that. Um, here is a secret to when you get into granulation. Say you decide tomorrow you want to start a granulation company, right? And you go to all the different companies that sell all the different types of of granulators. It could be a pellet press. It could be a roller compactor. 
Uh, it could be a pan granulator. You never know. Okay. You go and you visit all of them and you're like, okay, I roll it. When it comes out, I got a beautiful prill here, but it's still really wet. What do I do? And they're like, okay, you need to dry it. And you're like, okay, how much do I dry it? Well, you got to bring it down to about 10% moisture content. So, okay, 10%, right? All right. That's what you do. So you get it, you, you test it, you look at it and you're like, all right, yeah, 10%. That's great. All right. You put it in a bag with like ammonium sulfate, you know, holds up, no problem. 10%. Cool. All right. And then you, you take delivery of it and you start making it and, uh, and you're hovering, you know, 10 and a half, 11 and a half percent. And then you put it in something with like urea. And then it starts drawing the moisture from the granule into, to the surface of the granule. And then also will start a certain amount of dissolution of dissolving of the urea itself too. So you kind of get this weird gelatinous, slippery, wet goo inside of a bag. The trick is 10 and a half or 11% moisture is not your friend. I'm not going to tell you what is significantly lower than that. How about them apples? Um, there we go. Secrets, secrets to granulation. Uh, Nick edge asked if we would take a look at his website and provide some feedback. All right, let's see. Uh, I'll probably put JPEG on the on the spot there. Uh, uh, give me two seconds, and, and I'll... you're good. You're good. I'm I'm picking through it right now. All right, I'll tell you the first thing I do not like about this heading right here is uh, you have your logo at the top that says Hometown Lawn and Turf. And then mm -hmm. at the top, your title text is Hometown Lawn and Turf Care LLC. Make it match. If you want to put it there, uh, uh, put, put just Hometown Lawn and Turf. The care and LLC is, is not necessary. Um, also the sub headline, honest, effective and affordable lawn treatment service. Uh, I would make that lawn treatment services, uh, expect more than just a flag in the yard. We build long-term relationships with our customers who are never more than a phone call or message away. So this is what I would do is, um, I would copy this and, uh, here, I'm going to open my, my chat GPT for you right now. Okay. We're going to, we're going to do this live on air. Hang on. Let me log back in. Matt at Renovo. <clears throat> four and a half, four and a half is not optimum. What are you talking about? Uh, for what, what product? That is four and a half can be, but it's not. Question about running split half rate pre-emergence for the transition zone. Go ahead and ask away. I will get to it when I get done with this. Um, all right, I'm going to tell uh, ChatGPT, hang on, let me change this to ChatGPT4. Yeah, urea has to be way lower than 4.5%, like, like 0.4%. Urea is, what's consi yeah, is considered a hygroscopic uh, component. Urea loves to draw moisture out of whatever's around it and uh, turn into liquid. So if you have urea, that sucker has to be dry. <laughs> All right, so I'm typing in the chat GPT-4 over here. You are now a website SEO uh, 
expert, please rewrite the subheading of my website. My business name is Hometown Lawn and Turf. Surprise, uh, motherfucker. This surprise. This is my subheading. <laughs> uh, please improve it to um, be more trendy and catchy to homeowners ages 45 and above with high income. We're uh, we're reviewing this website today. There's a well, there's a link in the chat. And uh, and Matt is running it through his uh, Chat GPT <laughs> as we speak. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna just without sight unseen. I'm gonna say it needs more Asians. That's the way to think. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Can you say that out loud now? Orientals. Which one? Which one is the preferred one? I don't even remember. <laughs> Oriental is a rug. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> JPEG knows now. <laughs> I'm gonna get punched in the face. If you know, you know. Um, yeah. All right. I'm, pl I'm, <laughs> I'm plugging that in. Okay. All right, JPink, I'm going to throw this in. Right here. It has an explanation of, of why they did this. So I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and just throw the whole thing in. Oh, look at Dave Clausen. Many of yeah. these uh, conversion best practices. Yeah, including a call to action, right? So, um, uh, well, I mean, there there is uh, a, a call or text now for free quotation. Uh, I think I think you can shorten that button, right? That's that's a bit aggressive. In fact, let me let me throw it into a smaller. Yeah, you start getting into mobile, it starts it starts looking a little weird. Uh, J-Pink, if you want to throw that into the chat, I don't have YouTube open or I'd do it. I probably need to open YouTube. Uh, I'll have to split it up because it's about three times the character limit. Oh, well, then just the part in quotes. How about that? Okay. We can, we can do that, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I just did. Um, transport your landscape, transform your landscape with a hometown lawn and turf, premium, trustworthy lawn care, more than maintenance. We're, uh, we're your partner in creating a luxury outdoor Ooh. oasis, always just Ooh. a call away. And then you can really juice up that button there to say, call now, call today. You know, we're waiting act now, you know, something of the sort of good, a good, stronger call to action. And I think. Now that you have ChatGPT working as a as an SEO expert, right? You can go through this section by section, and uh, because the format itself is fine, right? Uh, as far as the the overall aesthetic, I think I think it's fine. Um, 
I like I like the before and afters you put on here. I think I think those are all golden. They're of, of high enough quality that that works. Um, uh, you've got program details at the bottom. So this is a single page website, right? So you've got you've got that. You need a contact form on this first fucking page, right? Like really quick into it, right? Uh, somewhere. You know, they can, I mean, even, even on this next page, instead of that, the blades of grass, uh, photo stock photo there, it's not very good resolution to begin with. Make that a contact form and get a good looking standout in your fucking face contact form. Uh, there's another plugin you can use that when you load, um, uh, so you're all the way down here and this contact form does not stand out. You can do a much better contact form. Um, even if you have to buy one, it's probably like 15 bucks to get a nice badass contact form. Um, or you can get on, uh, 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 what, what is it? What is it? Who's who, who does, who does the t-shirt work for us? J pink, what Fiverr, you can have someone on Fiverr design mm-hmm. one. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, I think I think I think that would be way more effective. Again, uh, David Clausen, who is in Nick, if you is Nick, is Nick in the Discord? Uh, I already uh, violated Nick's trust and gave his contact info to Dave Clausen. Oh, perfect, <laughs> cool. I was I was going to say we can link him, link him up. Fantastic. Like, that no, should be a yeah that worked. every every men's room in Long Island here by Sunday evening. It's not about the long care. It's not about the long care. If you're getting a lot of long a lot of lot phone calls this weekend, it's not about the long care. They might want you to Hello? make an application. But <laughs> hey man, ever. uh <laughs> got your phone number install. You know. Uh, no, I don't know. As a matter of Want fact, to go camping this weekend? I digress. <laughs> uh, I hope I'm trying. I'm trying to be as critical as possible, not to shit on you uh, at all, uh, Nick, but just get, give you some honest feedback of, of things that stand out, right? Um, but I mean, for, format is fine. I think. I think you know, branding needs to be a little more consistent. Color schemes need to be a little more consistent. Uh, organize a little better, and then I would run all the fucking text through Chat GPT to make it sound as clean as possible. Um, because literally, when you read it from Chat GPT, it, it it honestly sounds clean. Sometimes it sounds a little too clean that you have to go in and edit it. You know, like I I would if if Chat GPT ever used you all, I would without a doubt change that to y'all, right? Because I'm Southern and I want it to sound Southern. And I'm I'm not I'm not gonna let it dumb me down to computer speak because y'all. This is what Clausen just sent me. This is an upgrade. He said I did this real quick. I, it can be made to look way more slick. Yep. This is what Clausen. Yep. Look at that. free estimate now stands out to holy shit. Uh, you know, re redo that that top part there. Is it hometown lawn and turf. Uh, uh, look, hometown's top-rated lawn care. Look, see, see, 
Uh, you could even you could even change hometowns, ch- change that to Asbury, Iowa's type t- top rated lawn care, wherever you want to rank highest on. Make that your fucking title text. Um. Anyway. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that. Was that see? That's that's a heavy hitter right there. That is a heavy hitter. You could even simplify it and just start there, and then carry the rest of the message down below it. Right? Honest, effective, affordable lawn treatment services in your fucking face (laughs) i'm just here for all the (laughs) color on this one all the who color you know the you know little color commentary that's all i got oh when you when you you said color i was like dude what no 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 what are we painting? We sandblasting? <laughs> do you? You might need to. Do you smell that? I like oh, the I smell. smell. I was, there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, Jay Pink. I know you're probably doing 10 things at once, and I'm, I'm over here just queuing up buzzwords and expecting <laughs> you to read my mind. I'm trying, Matt. I'm trying. Uh, no, you're, I mean, actually, you nailed it. You nailed it. Um, Anyway, I, you know, uh, Demay, the other thing I was talking about is the um, uh, spending the winter doing all those little things that you said you were going to do mm. through the course of the year. Mm-hmm. And man, and I want to I want to stress this too because because I tr- trust me, I get it. You're a lawn care guy. Money money is always going to get tight over the winter. Put the work in now while you're still fresh to figure out what you have to do to make sure that never fucking happens ever again. If you don't like the way that feels, make sure it never has to happen again. And it starts with doing the work. Right now. Just do it. Quit talking about it. Just do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Quit thinking about it. Because it's time to do it. You know what my lesson was back in 2008 or 2009? Is when equipment spontaneously failed mid season. You know? That was my little lesson. <laughs> I, yeah, yep. I, 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 would, I would agree with that, that there's some personal responsibility you got to take. I mean, for all the things that you thought you bitched about and wanted to fix and everything like that, just I would just tell everybody, like, easiest thing to do maybe would be take out some post-it notes, right? And I want you to just write out 10 things that are major pain in your asses that you fucking hate, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Take those and rank those and just focus on like the top two or three, right? What can you do to fix those? Or if you can't, like if it's something that's just, hey, I need, oh shit, my truck's a piece of shit and I don't have, you know, 60000 in cash or I don't have, you know, enough money to finance that right now, then go to the next thing that you can control and work on that good gotta do it fucking point gotta do it 
if you if you can't do it now, go to the next thing on the fucking list instead of shutting down. How easy is it to shut down and say, nope, the only thing I identified is that I need a new $80,000 piece of equipment. I don't have the money. Uh, bank bank won't lend it to me. Should, I'm fucked. It is what it is. Pro- I'm fucked. You should probably br- blame the Romans and then tweet about it. That would be the appropriate thing to do. How <laughs> often do you think about the fall of the Roman Empire? <laughs> Every day. Every goddamn day. Regularly, regularly, Matt. I lost my mind on Twitter today. And it's it's funny because the longer the longer we talked, we we actually we came we came to friends. The guy the guy the guy finally was like, Look, I am I actually agree with you, just so you know. I'm just you know. Couldn't couldn't hang up. All right. This is how it started, right? <laughs> I some some fucking Yahoo. Uh, put on the the internet, and of course I respond to it. Put on the internet that young men are being destroyed. Uh, they they the twenty between if you're t- between twenty and forties, uh, you have either become a soulless drone resigned to a dead end job, learning nothing, few meaningful relationships, nothing big or daring or beautiful in their life, or punch a wall frustrated and depressed, and you're constantly trying to break out of the out of the glass out of the glass wall. And I, and I I don't know why that fucking made me so mad because and, and it, it was I was just I'm probably going to catch some hate from this. I am not a humanitarian. I want to I want to want to get that out and clear right now. My son and I, uh, it was actually my whole family. We were we were in downtown Knoxville. We were at uh, Market Square and there was there was a homeless guy that had a sign and it said something along the lines that uh, saving money for a time machine to go back and fix all the things I fucked up. And <laughs> my son was like, that is pretty creative. He wants to undo all the bad things he did. So he's not in the position he's in now. And me being me, I, a non-humanitarian fucking asshole was like son one of the most amazing things about america is that you can wake up tomorrow and be whatever you want to be now if that guy's a felon he probably can't wake up tomorrow and be a cop but if he is a felon he can wake up tomorrow and still decide to be whatever he wants to be aside from a cop meaning he could start his own business tomorrow. He could start his own business developing contracts of going around and just taking out the trash at restaurants all night during bar time. When the bars are overflowing and the restaurants with, with big bars are going, and he just go literally from unity. Co- collect your, your 50 bucks that you get today instead of going and getting your pint of booze and your, your fucking hair on or, or, or hit a meth, whatever it is you do to have to stay awake at night. Uh, get a haircut and a beard trim and some fucking pants and shirt at, at, uh, at Carm or, uh, or Goodwill. Look decently presentable. Uh, spend an hour working on a, a pitch and then 
going and pitching say, look, I know you pay people right now to take out the trash. What I will do, what I will do is that I'm going to charge you a flat fucking 30 bucks for a night. And I will be in here on 10 minute intervals to take your trash out to the dump. So that way we do not interrupt bar traffic for your bartenders to go do this. Okay. And then you go and there's 20 bars right there. Okay. You land 10 of them. That's 300 bucks a night that you just got on a single night. What? What? Okay. You get Friday and Saturday night. Now you've got 600 bucks a week just doing those. Now you can start, start, well, how can I help during office hours? Maybe there's something else I can do. Now I've got 600 bucks a week, but think about what you can do with 600 bucks a week, right? Now you can start looking at getting, it would be shitty. It would be shitty, but you can get an apartment now, right? There's not a ton of places that you can move into anymore for, uh, uh, you know, 600 bucks a month, but it's doable. You can find it. They're out there. It is not fun. Trust me. I've lived in those places. If you saw two of the first neighborhoods my wife and I lived in in Memphis, it is a fucking miracle that I made my way out of there. But you know you know why I got out of there? Because I was fucking smart and I made friends with the people who I had to make friends with. Even if that meant I had to go get a nasty-ass, disgusting bottle of fucking Sky Vodka and give it to them just so that way I could get the heads up when bad shit was going to happen. And you know what part of that was, too? Was letting them in my fucking apartment so they can see that if you kick in my door, there's literally nothing in here you can fucking steal. My wife and I have a card table, an air mattress, paper plates, and a couple sets of fucking chopsticks, and that's how we exist. So go ahead, <laughs> kick my door in and steal it because it's it, I literally have fucking nothing. You're squeezing a fucking dehydrated piece of beef jerky trying to get an ounce of fucking water out of it, and it just doesn't exist. So. Not I had to be strategic about it, right? And and yeah. you know what? That those and everyone has the choice to make that choice that day to do something different. We that is the the great thing about our country. We can wake up. Everyone here that does not have a felony can wake up tomorrow and decide. You know what? I'm going to put the effort in to go to fucking law school. They can decide. You know what? I'm going to put the effort in and make my way to fucking med school. This is the land of opportunity is where we live. You don't need to go back in time to revisit how to get where you are now. You could just make the choice today to be a better version of yourself. So that's what I said. If you feel like you're being destroyed in a dead end job, that you, you, you are now soulless, you have resigned to life as soulless. That is your fucking choice. You decide to live in that fucking misery. And if you want to be a fucking man, what a man will do is going to fucking solve problems. You're going to grow the fuck up, get your fucking head right, and you're going to do something about your life that, you, that you're not fucking happy with. You're going to fix it. You, you're coming to the table with fucking solutions because we have choice and free will and we live in the land of fucking opportunity. Not everything's perfect here, but you have the opera fucking tunity. So I, that was a conversation I had with my son. So same with this guy. I was talking about this. I made I made the same argument, right? What are we going to say, Ray? Really? Really? Because uh, also, do you know what the corollary of that opportunity is? You have to be your own sovereign person. 
because yes. do you know what no do you know what I frequently hear from people you know around me they are worried about all of their pensions handouts and benefits and do you know what I tell them I give zero fucks about any of that because it is more important for me to be free not worried about that shit is what keeps me free because you see all of that stuff hell yeah i look i look at those things as handcuffs i look at those things as chains around people's legs that shit keeps you a prisoner that that shit keeps you a slave what what another person followed up with me and said, do you think the people who lived and worked at the end of the Roman Empire during the Roman collapse or under oppressive regimes like communism were all abject losers who refused to accept personal responsibility? Of course not. Of course not. But we do not live at the time of the fall of the Roman Empire. We are not dealing with, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we do not live under, under fucking communism yet. So right now, right now does not mean you throw in the fucking towel because well, shit may turn sideways in my lifetime or within the next 40 years. So I better just fucking quit now. And you know what? And this is where everybody listening Take a look at yourself. Take a look at your life and ask yourself, are you a sovereign person or does somebody else own you? Ask yourself that. Look yourself in the eye. Look in the mirror and ask, does some other fuckhead own you? Does some other jackass have a chain around your leg? Does somebody else control you? If the answer is yes, time to reevaluate and See what you need to do so that you can take the the bolt cutters, cut that chain away, and say, nope, I'm a sovereign person. You don't own me. You don't control, control me. Goodbye. Because, Matt, that is what I did many years ago. I mean, and, and that's what people say about me is that, geez, Ray, nobody owns you or controls you. <laughs> Uh, it is, it's, it's frustrating to me. And then he goes on to say, you know, uh, are you smart enough to understand that there are economic, societal and governmental factors that are so far out of most people's control that dictate generational trends, both upwards and downwards. And, and look again, uh, if, if we, we, we live in the land of opportunity as, as far as I'm concerned right now, right now in this fucking moment. Not, I'm not interested in, in generational trends because right now, right now, yes, you can, you can mourn a generational trend. You can respect the fucking sacrifice people. You know what I never had to go through? I didn't have to go through World War I fucking trenches. But I can wake up today and decide that I'm going to be a better person than I was yesterday. That I'm going to go harder at work than I did yesterday. Or I could even decide, you know what? I went so fucking hard yesterday. I probably need to rest a little bit today. So I'm on a better (laughs) a game tomorrow kind of day. I have that fucking choice to do that. 
maybe, maybe my son will take away and say, you know what, generationally, what I grew up with, with my dad, uh, I don't want that. And I want to be a corporate employee. I want to be a W2 employee. And that's his fucking choice. And then maybe 10 years into it, he's like, you know what? Ha! I get it now. Maybe dad wasn't so crazy after all. Exactly like I yeah, was I, when I turned fucking 23 and was married and then had a kid at 24. And I was like, you know what? My dad wasn't crazy after all. That motherfucker was wise beyond his years. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, I saw the, the mistakes my dad make being a career with one company for 40 fucking years, a W-2 guy. I said, you know what I'm not going to be? I'm not going to be that. I respect his ability to do it and the sacrifices he had to make and the fucking chaos he had to put up with, with company sales and layoffs and all kinds of shit that happened between fucking 1982 and, and 2022 was crazy. A lot of wild times in there. And, uh, and he stuck Matt, it out. I got to him. I got to interject something. Do you know I'm what? painted my idea about counting on others for your future. Hmm. What actually happened to my father? Hmm. Because that was horrific. Absolutely fucking horrific. Because my father worked for a company for over two decades. Seriously, from 5 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Monday through Friday, and often 5 till 12 on Saturdays. And he even took home work to do on Saturday night and Sunday morning. And for all of that, this is the thanks that they gave him. Right before he was eligible for a pension, they dismissed him. Ooh. Under dubious circumstances. Oof. And he was never the same again. And I looked at that and I said, my goodness. My father was counting on a wonderful life. Once he reached his 60s, uh, that was all taken away from him. Gone. And from that moment on, I decided, you know what? I don't owe anybody shit. And nobody owns you, me. Your family and your friends are your biggest cheerleaders. The government, mm -hmm. a company, an entity knows you as a fucking number, as uh, as as payroll, as whether you fall on the P or the L of a P and L. And uh, and your family knows you as Ryan fucking Demay our knight in shining armor who shows up and talks <laughs> sense into fucking chaotic situations and keeps a cool head and makes sure the world keeps fucking spinning and the sun goes up and the sun goes down. Stop it. I know your family thinks that about you. And, and you know what? Good. Because you know who doesn't think that about you? The fucking government, a fucking <laughs> random, random, uh, corporation. Uh, and, and you know what? I honestly think as people, you know, we, we need, we need that, that kind of fucking, we need that feedback, right? I mean, you know, my family are definitely my biggest cheerleaders. And if, and if they weren't, it would, it would, that would suck the soul out of me. Right. 
if I if I didn't have a community like we have here, it's another soul sucking thing, right? I'm lucky I have a family. Um, and so, you know, all, all these things, right, is is we have again, it's a choice. And we can we can either a, we can either make the choice to improve yeah, we, or fucking resign ourselves into fucking dead end nothing. Dead end nothing. And here's the here's the other part that just kills me. Did you know that my the rest of my family literally always pushed me in a different direction from where I went? Sure. You know what they wanted me to, you know what they wanted me to become? A fucking bureaucrat like them. <laughs> oh god, Matt. Can you imagine uh, me being me being a bureaucrat? <laughs> no. No. I think you would self-fire. <laughs> If uh, if that was the case, they'd be like, uh, <laughs> Ray came in and fired himself. It was weird. He he terminated his own position. Strange thing. Uh, real quick, we'll answer some questions here. Uh, were we empty leftover spray mixes that can't be stored and the water used to flush out tanks when changing mixes? What the fuck do you do with it? Uh, we don't have catch drains, so we can't even wash out sprayers without having to pump it into the, into the totes. Wow. Okay. Um, Here's my answer to that. that. Pump it into tote and then save it for the next time you run that tank mix. I hate to tell you. Yep. And this is why. Here's my policy on spray equipment. Whatever mix I use, I tap into water. And then that gets shot out into the lawn or turf area that it was applied to or whatever area was applied to. Because sometimes I deal... In very spicy tank mixes where, for example, nothing's supposed to grow there for the next two or three years. And I make damn sure that the spray equipment gets flushed out onto that DMZ so that I'm not carrying that around anywhere. And by the way, I don't know about your state, but I'm subject to special rules regarding storage of hazardous materials and you know matt pumping something into a tote do you know what that's considered in my state huh storage of hazmat it's not it's not general hazmat i think it's legit nope. hazardous materials it's it's, it's legitimate has, hazardous material. Yeah, I mean, because it contains what's classified as a regulated substance. And because of the volume of water that it's in, I'm now dealing with a regulated quantity of hazardous material. <laughs> so as a result, I don't keep shit. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I made a point to, uh, if, if I got down and I knew I had to make another batch where I was only going to be able to treat like a yard or two, I would just go ahead and start running the next round on it, uh, to make sure I did not have leftover, uh, because I never, not once ever wanted to deal with that. So spray short on the round and then switch to the next round for like the last three or four yards. And then typically I would be okay. Uh, but a lot of times my rounds one and two look the same. So it, it, it worked out fine. Um, or even finishing like, you know, three yards with granular or whatever, just to, just to keep from having to mix up another tank. I've done a lot of that too. 
Um, the uh, uh, Patrick Schweiers has a, a joke here. He says, soccer field turf, football field turf, and golf field way. What's the difference between the groundskeepers? Uh, I... I mean, I can give a very real answer, but he's saying not not a serious question, humor only. Soccer turf, football field, soccer, football, and golf. What's the difference between the groundskeepers? I have, I have no idea. Probably, here's the thing about soccer and football. Soccer and football is probably even more insular. Versus golf. Oh, it's just not and as many. There's not as many. And also, the thing about golf is that golf is often dealing with much bigger money. Much bigger money. And when you talk about a super at this exclusive golf club you have a high budget yet at the same time what i've seen is that irregardless the most conservative industry i've seen to date and when i say conservative i mean absolutely resistant to any kind of change is golf that's a that's a very serious answer. I was thinking more along the lines of like uh, you know, uh uh go- in, in golf you're shooting at the smallest hole. I I don't know. I, oh, well, I f- you know, that, that, that's I feel, that's I feel like this is that's a what bar I, joke and not, not, yeah. not a serious question. Yeah, well, as I said, I I've seen uh I said I've got no time for fucking humor. Yeah, because uh, the thing is is that likewise what I've seen also is that within this industry, everybody goes into their silo and doesn't talk to each other as well. Because, and, of course, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of that exception because I can talk to golf people. And I'm not dismissed as, oh, that's just the lawn boy. I mean, hardly. Not when I help them out with their bullshit. When they get in trouble... They ask me. <laughs> I think you're right. That, then I'm not. not go ahead. No, I was just going to say I think that Ray's right that there's there's some insular or siloed activity, but uh, I having been on both sides of that coin, I can say that there is a lot more that they have in common than they'll realize, and that's uh, yeah a bigger I wouldn't say problem a bigger issue than most people realize. It's just that there's there's not as much crosstalk between them as you would think, even though there should be. How's that? No, there, there, sh- there really should be, because what I always say is that, you know, lawn and commercial area people, they can learn a lot from golf people. They, have all, they, they can learn quite a bit, for sure. And you know, Matt, you're frequently fond of saying that I take golf type agronomy and I put that into a residential lawn. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. 
Uh, Lawn Flip said, I'm not seeing much progress on treating Dallas twice this fall. Revolver plus Celsius both times. Uh, I did catch that I use a half a percent MSO instead of a tenth of a percent per label. I have hard water and read that a pH of seven is recommended. Any suggestions of what may be going on? It'll be damaged, may not be seen until next season in Bermuda. I'll say this is that one, it is going to be very slow and you may have to hit it again in the spring. Um, uh, so don't get super frustrated. Here's the other thing too, is that sometimes it takes longer than one year as well. So I don't don't want to be the bearer of bad news there, but that's reality also. He, okay. Here's my, here's my little thought for lawn flip is that indeed what you're going to see on this application is reduction of vigor in that Dallas grass coming into next spring. But you know what I say to that is when it's coming out next spring, that's when you hit it yet again. When it's coming out of dormancy and when you see that Dallas grass, hit it yet again. And uh, although and I made a little uh, joke the other day about grassy weeds and that I told Aldo, yeah, sometimes what you do with a grassy weed is you first serve them a Long Island tea and then you stick them with the uh, New Orleans hurricane. <laughs> Although got it. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, it's 1030. We are going to cut off to the after show. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. This is kind of rambling today. We're coming to the end of the season. We have some big shows planned later on. So until then, uh, we're going to get up here and just talk about you know, real life shit for a little Let's bit until we rotate out go. into, uh, into into the things we actually have scheduled to do scheduled uh, so enjoy our ramblings hopefully hopefully there are some life lessons in there from the mistakes we've made and uh the mistakes you've made that you can compile flesh out and uh, make better decisions moving forward because remember remember you have a fucking choice to do and be better all it requires is relentless execution everybody have a good night y'all take it easy <laughs> I'm still pissed about that fucking asshole. I hate that guy. <laughs> Dude, the guy I actually argued with on Twitter, I actually liked him.